I V M. On this episode of Pesa Vesa, we are doing an F&O trading special with Kirit Manral, who is a professional trader. In the first part, we are going to talk about F&O basics. So stay tuned for that. Folks, welcome to Pesa Vesa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is going to be a stock trading special. Okay, and then and then. F&O trading special. Now, before I introduce my guest, I just want to spend a few minutes on this entire concept of investing versus trading, right? Because a lot of us uh, have no, I mean, all of us know what investing is. Uh, this entire campaign that Amphi has done over the last few years uh, has improved our understanding about mutual funds and about stocks. And as per Amphi's own data, in fact, there are about two and a half crore SIP accounts which are putting in almost a billion dollars every month into the stock market. So that's in, that that's that's a big amount. And the entire thesis, the entire philosophy for that is you invest for the longer term. Why? Because when you invest over the longer term. You reduce your chances of losing money, okay? Because nobody knows where the market goes for one year, uh, two years, three years. No one even knows what happens in the market every day. You come in at nine o'clock and you can't even predict what's going to happen at three thirty. But there is something called stock trading, and it's exactly about what happens in the market from nine to three thirty. And I know that a lot of people probably look upon it as something as gambling, something as speculation, and all. Well, you know, I'll. Uh, I won't get into the ethics and all of all that, but the fact is that trading is globally a very well-known fact. Okay, there are a lot of people from George Soros to Paul Tudor who are spectacular traders, and they their calls on on the market and a lot of their stuff has actually made them a lot of money. It's not easy, by the way. It requires a lot of discipline. And to explain all of that, I'm having this F and O trading special. To explain how this entire thing works, okay, and we're going to keep this really basic, okay. We're going to have two parts in the show. In the first part, we're going to talk about the basics of F&O. By the way, F&O stands for futures and options, okay. All of us are very familiar with mutual fund units and shares and buying shares, selling shares, buying mutual fund, selling mutual fund. But an F&O is a derivative, okay. We're going to get into the details of all that, and for that, I'm going to introduce my guest. Kirit Manral, my God, what a fascinating background he's got! Guy is a national level swimming champion. Kirit, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself, man. Seriously, I want to do a separate podcast with you on swimming, like we were sitting and talking about uh, freestyle, breaststroke, backstroke. My God, the one thing that I want to know, okay, mm-hmm. does competitive level swimming help you to become a better trader? Let's start with that, and then tell us about your background. Firstly, let me thank you for inviting me on the show. Sure. uh that's a good question it does make a big difference if you actually look at any sport where you excel at the state level or the national level what are the key takeaways a is discipline so the same goes with trading if you want to be a successful trader you need to be well disciplined uh, b is the mental strength as in whenever you are in a game i always keep telling younger swimmers currently It's sixty percent is what you put in efforts. Forty percent is the mental game. I'll just give you a classic example. When we used to go for nationals, and uh, in the finals, so in nationals you have this way: you have two swimmers from every state, the fastest two swimmers. They all swim the heats, and the fastest eight timing will make it to the finals. Now, certain states, without naming them, 
So let's say in a race, if his best timing was 30 seconds and you, he knew that you are faster than him. So he'll come up to you just before the race is about to start. And he said, you know, two days back in the in practice session, I've done a 27. Oh, psyching you or something. Yes. Huh? Okay. And that's where I've seen even the good swimmers. They get nervous and they've ended up losing. Another classic case I'll give you. The fastest runner was Asawa Powell before uh, Usain Bolt. Now, Justin Gatlin was very good at playing mental games. So, if you read the biography of Usain Bolt, there is one particular instance of the World Championship wherein he knew that, uh, Justin Gatlin knew that Asawa Powell is in superb form, okay, in the heats, and it's going to be a tough bet for me. Now, the first thing uh, Justin Gatlin does is, he goes to his lane, he looks at Asawa Powell, and he spits on the lane. Oh my God, okay. And Usain Bolt is a watcher, he's standing aside, and... In that book, he has mentioned, and I knew Asawa Powell had lost the race. <laughs> then and then? Yeah, because the expression huh. when Justin Gatlin did that, Asawa Powell, Asawa Powell was actually looking into his eyes, oh my God. And, and his expression said it all. Yeah. And eventually, he ended up losing the race. Oh, wow. So, you need that mental strength, you need to be strong at 60% the effort that you put in, and 40% is the mental output. Hmm. Now, these two ingredients are very important in order to become a successful trader. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a fantastic takeaway. You know, um, lots of uh, similarities between competitive sports and the mental strength and discipline and training that you need. Those are the real essentials to even have a great uh, strategy in trading. You know, let's let's for for our listeners, let's just get down to complete basics. Okay. Okay. Let's just explain what exactly is a future and what exactly is an option. Let's just start this. Maybe spend just two minutes on that and then we'll go forward from no there. No problem. A future is basically a contract, okay, which is which expires on last Thursday of every month and the lot size of the particular future is fixed by the exchanges. Now, for example, you can trade a Nifty, the index, which comprises of 50 stocks, where the minimum one lot is 75 shares. Okay. Now, the same goes with option, wherein you pay a premium and that option expires again on the last Thursday of every month. Okay. Now, in case of option, let's say if you buy a stock which is trading at 100 and your study says that probably in the next 20 trading days or 20 calendar days, the stock could go to 110. So, you buy an option of 105 or 110, you pay whatever is the premium prevailing at that point of time. The moment it crosses that rate, so you start earning profit on that. Mm. So these are basically two derivative instruments mm. which have been introduced by the exchanges. <clears throat> and one major advantage is uh, the current FNO list comprises of 214 stocks. Okay. And the only ad uh, big advantage according to me is in case of shorting the market, you know, which is very difficult for a uh, small-time investor or a small-time trader, unlike which an institution can do it with great ease, so he has the option of shorting the stocks. Hmm. So wherein he has to go to FNO, hmm. either you know short in the futures or buy a put call, which is basically you are betting on the stock or the index going down. Hmm. Call is something you are betting on going up. It's hmm. bullish and put is bearish. Okay, so you know, let me put it this way: that someone who is generally positive on the Nifty would mm -hmm. typically buy, say, a Nifty index fund or a Nifty, or do an SIP in a Nifty uh, index fund or an or an ETF, which is fine. Okay, maybe okay. he's investing for the long mm -hmm. term. Okay, now when I want to do the same thing for say one month, okay, like you said, the expiry of the future or even the uh, the options is for 
is for a month ending Correct. every thursday the last thursday, thursday of the month and like it today. can be rolled over yeah like yeah. like like, like today. tomorrow yeah. tomorrow like tomorrow sorry today is the wednesday <laughs> so that means that 75 shares multiply by the value of the nifty which let's say is 10000 today okay Correct. it's about 10200 but let's just say it's 10000 so the contract value so to say is 75 multiplied by 10000 okay but i'm not paying the full amount right you're not paying the full amount exactly uh, there is a margin which is prescribed by the exchanges okay so there's a span margin and then the additional margin to safeguard exchanges so roughly which keeps varying from brokers to brokers so hmm. roughly if i were to buy or sell one contract or 75 shares of nifty i would need somewhere between 50 to 70000 as margin correct correct okay once that margin is there with the broker it's only after that the trade can be executed right going forward if the trade is in profit the mark to mark which is called as m to m profit gets credited hmm. if it's in loss you have to keep paying that mtm right so you know let's just take a theoretical example that today or let's say whenever the new contract starts huh. on the first day of that let's say the coming friday okay. i actually think that the nifty is going to go up Okay. Like by the end of November, okay. so I'll buy a one lot uh-huh. of Nifty futures. Uh-huh. Okay, at whatever fifty thousand you say. So I call up my broker and say, "Mereko ek lot yes. Nifty ka khareedne ka futures ka." Boom, that's it. So now it's with me. Now the race begins. Each and every day, as the Nifty goes up and down, hmm. my account keeps on getting debited or credited. Correct. Am I right in that? Very much. So the so the main thing, okay, listeners, this is for you to understand. You need a basic starting capital in your bank account for your broker to debit. Okay. Right. And now, as and when the Nifty goes up and down, your bank account will keep on going up. keep on going down with the profits or losses this is called mark to market right let's say that the nifty goes up by 200 points you will get whatever 200 into 75 into your account let's say that the nifty actually falls to 9000 or 9500 because you know that's a very big amount you actually need to have that much money in your bank account to pay the broker okay so this is how a future works am i right kirit absolutely 100% in case if if there is a shortfall of margin hmm. uh, the broker will call you up and in case of non compliance he is free to square off the position which happens currently most of the cases so that's the reason you know when you have big gap downs because perennially i have seen over 90% be it trader investor or the entire universe whoever is in the stock market they are perennially bullish hmm oh i didn't know that okay yes, interesting perennially bullish <laughs> okay okay so in such cases you know usually you see if there's a 300 point gap down So you will have a selling spree which happens at nine forty. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Or ten fifteen or eleven thirty. It depends. Mm. So the first selling spree which happens, you know, I mean, having been actually glued <laughs> to the screen for all these donkey years, yeah. so we know it is those with the margin calls have been triggered. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. And so, okay, so that explains the future. Okay, that's 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 one type of derivative. Correct. Now we'll come to a call and put. Okay, which is called an option. Okay, <laughs> right. Now a call. is a derivative mm-hmm. which you buy if you think the market is going to go up Very okay true. now these calls are priced at a certain amount okay and therefore a certain time you can buy for example a call which is due in after one year at a certain price okay let's just say that you think in the next one year the nifty is going to go up to say 11000 you will find in the exchange a call option for 11000 that matures in november of 2019 Okay, sure. probably going to trade for whatever. Let's just say it trades for hundred rupees. 
Okay. It will be much more because you know they are factoring in the time. That's period. the time option. Yeah. So okay, it's hundred, it's one twenty, what, what, whatever it is. So then you call up a broker and say, "Mereko ek lot eleven thousand Nifty call option for November twenty nineteen khareed ke do." Absolutely. Okay, yeah. and you have to pay the amount out there. Okay. Now there's no mark to market out here. No. What happens out here is that you. You actually sell that, or you square it off at some point of time. Right? How how does that work? So let's say if I bought the November two thousand nineteen eleven thousand call at one fifty, mm. okay. Mm. So it's one fifty multiplied by seventy five, which is roughly twenty two thousand five hundred plus the brokerage right. that is debited straight away account. to my account. Yeah. yeah. Now let's say if you feel you know any time. From from the time you bought up to November two thousand nineteen, let's say if it goes to two hundred or if it comes to eighty, you can sell it off and whatever is the difference, that gets credited to your account. So that is the amount of money, or that is how trading on a call works. Okay, that you exactly. buy it at two hundred and you sell it at two twenty or two thirty or whatever. Assuming that your bet is right, okay, because remember that this is not an SIP, okay, where you just keep on keep on putting money for five, five, ten, ten years. You have to track the Nifty almost every day, and let's say the Nifty actually goes to eleven thousand by Jan. Who knows? And your call doubles in value. Okay, Very you cool. might want to say, okay, you know, I just want to sell this and get out. That's how trading works. Okay, that is called a call option. A put option is just the opposite, right? Correct. It's exactly the opposite. But here you have another option. Hmm. Okay. Now this is a very simple route of. I feel Nifty will go to eleven thousand, twelve thousand, so I buy. Or if I feel Nifty can go to eight thousand, so I buy a put. But you have an option of selling calls hmm. and selling put, which is the same. Which, which is so instead of buying a put, you sell a call if you think the Nifty is going to go down. Yeah, right. Same thing. Correct. But there's so a difference. In that case, huh. what happens is, let's say if you feel by November 2019, Nifty will never go to 11,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the premium is 100 rupees. So when I sell, okay, I need to pay the margin of one lot of Nifty, which may be between 50 and 70. But the amount. What I have sold of twenty to five hundred gets credited to my account. Hmm. Now, when you sell either a call or a put, your profit is fixed, hmm. but loss is unlimited. Okay, let me just <laughs> repeat that for you guys. A loss is unlimited. That's essentially how F and O works. And I can, if, if you permit, I can please, give please. you one or two examples. Huh. I think because you know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. A lot of new traders will be. I have seen currently in the past year and a half that uh, a let, let's put it straight. Till last year, the markets were very easy. It was very easy to make money. Mm. Okay, mm. it's only this year that the entire drama started unfolding, and yeah. every day there is a new story. Twenty seventeen was just one line straight up. Yeah, it was okay. a straight up. You couldn't you couldn't it, go wrong. You just couldn't go. It was just you had to buy <laughs> and have the patience to hold. Hold correct, and yeah. you made money. Okay, now people were selling calls and puts. Okay. Now the amount is definitely much lesser in terms of premium, but the risk is huge. History, you need to look at history, and I am sure if one has heard about Victor Niederhofer, uh, just to give you a small example, he was four times world's cost champion. Four times world's cost. There is some linkage between sports and there trading out there, no, no, right? No, no, this is very interesting. You know the reason why I raised this particular Victor topic. Victor Niederhofer is a legend, right? He is a legend, and, and, and mind you, the guy is four times cost champion. Yes, I don't know about that. Okay. Jangir Khan, oh. and he was awarded three times, three times in a year. Okay. Uh, sorry, three times in a row. Huh. The best hedge fund manager of the world. Wow. Okay. 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 Go on. Go on. Go on. And his speciality was selling options, and. Uh, 
the kind of return that he had generated for his client. In fact, there was a time when George Soros hmm. invested his money in his fund. In Victor Nero's office. Man. George Soros himself. Himself. The man who broke the pound uh, in 1992 yes, yes, yes. and made a billion dollars. Bank of England. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. And then there is this, uh, you know, uh, instance that once Mr. Soros went to his house and he saw a painting and uh, it was some painting and he asked Mr. Niederhofer, I mean, Mr. Niederhofer described that painting, you know, there was something which alerted George Soros that probably, you know, this man is not the same what he used to be. Ah. He withdrew his fund. Now, coming back to Mr. Niederhofer, 1997-98, I think the… Asian financial crisis? Asian financial crisis. Yes, of course, yeah. He went kaput. Massive move. You could not predict that. He lost everything because he had sold out of the money calls, out of the money put. Now, just a word of caution. I am not dissuading anybody from selling calls or put because yes, I know like, on Twitter they'll make my life miserable. <laughs> That's okay. Don't okay, yeah, it's yeah. my job to tell you huh. what is there in store. And then he lost everything. Okay, back to zero. And this didn't stop there. Again, he started his own firm. Three times he's gone bust. Wow. Okay, his speciality was only selling option. And not to forget, LTCM. That's of a classic course. case. Long-term we capital management, which was headed by yes. Julian Anderson. And they had an entire league of people who were Ivy League <coughs> and this very, very, very qualified. Martin got a yeah, Nobel yeah, Prize. Yeah, yeah. Nobel Prize. Yeah. Developed the Scholes model. But, yeah, of course. Okay, the one which is being followed blindly by people. The person who actually made the option pricing model. Exactly. He himself was part of LTCM. And we all know who bailed out LTCM. Okay, it was at the last minute the US government felt uh, as usual. Yeah, okay. So, you know, on the face of it, it sounds very easy. You may make money 13 months in a row, hmm. but be cautious. One month takes away what you've earned in six years. I have wow. seen many live examples, even the recent fall which has happened. Hmm. Nobody knew. Hmm. Because see, I mean, it's not about predicting. Nobody knows where the market will go. Right. You know, you have a gap down 300 points open. Yeah. You have sold something at 40 rupees. Right. It's quoting at 400. Yeah. I've been trapped. Even wow. I do sell yeah. options, but yeah. on a very selective basis. So yeah. the only word of caution is whatever suits you. Hmm. But back of the mind, see, when you buy a call or a put, okay, you know your loss is fixed. That's exactly the reverse when you sell. Hmm. Another classic case of somebody who's been, because people usually say, and it is a fact that 90% of the time, they expire worthless when you buy. Correct. Okay. But there are cases who make money and the man behind the black swan theory, Nasim Nicholas Talib. Yes, yes, of course. Okay. His empirical capital only buys option. Huh. He believes in a tail risk event, yes. saying that one fine day there'll be a nuclear blast yes. somewhere or the other. And he's been yeah. making decent amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, folks, let, let, let me just decipher that for you, okay? Uh, what Kirit said about Talib is that Talib believes that there is, you know, the, in, the entire concept of a black swan is that you see white swans everywhere. And then one fine day you see a black swan. What are the chances of that? So he's betting that 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 one black swan event, like the global financial crisis in 2008, will happen, and you prepare for that. Okay. And once you do prepare for that, you're actually waiting for that. You make tons and tons of money. And when the that event does not happen, you probably just end up paying the premium on that option, yeah, which and goes that is in, calculated that, well in advance, which yeah. I'll which I'll share with you how it is done. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to recap on that, folks. Um, 
we discussed a future, we discussed a call and we discussed an option at a very basic level on how to execute it. Okay, now there is a lot of exotic stuff out there that I'm deliberately not going to because that gets too technical uh, stuff like in the money, out of the money, stuff like butterflies, triangle, straddle. I would really recommend that, uh, you know, you could go to YouTube, check out some videos on that to learn more about that because that's a little bit more technical. I want to get into the basics out here and more importantly, some of the psychological stuff out there and how to prepare for it. Okay, so Kirit, let's move on to that. Okay. Last two questions on this first part is that, uh, you know, what is the kind of hard work that I need to do? What is the kind of effort? What is the kind of discipline? What is the kind of time requirement that I need to do if I want to start trading? Okay. And before that, if you can tell us the psychology, okay, because right now, all of us, me included, are only geared up for this SIP thing or for investing. Okay. We've just got a vague idea that market mein paisa dalte raho, market girega to all dalo, and you just wait for five years, 10 years, whatever it is. A trading mentality is totally different. Okay. So I want you to tell me two things. One is the psychological makeup. And second is the kind of time commitment and investment required to become a trader. Tell me. Okay. Now, the answer will be slightly lengthy. Please. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But I, I will make it as simple as possible. See, whenever you start any new business, it takes a certain amount of time. Okay. And many a time you can be lucky and it takes off. And then when you hit the plateau, you realize, what kya kare? Yeah. So, what is essential is knowing about the business. When it comes to trading, <clears throat> here the markets are very smart. You know, you initially start off and majority of cases I've seen, they start making money right from the word go. And then one fine day, everything is gone. So, what exactly you need to be a tra- to start in trading is, uh, see, you need to know the topic about trading. Uh, and how do you know? So you require a lot of reading work to be done. You know, you need to understand what is trading all about. In simple terms, unlike an investor who would buy, let's say, a stock at 100 rupees, his time horizon is uh, infinity. He'll wait for 10 years, 15 years. And if the stock goes up 100x, 200x, so take care whenever he wants to sell. Yeah. Trading is all about capitalizing the short-term swings in the market from point A to B. If the stock goes from 100 to 120, retraces back to 110. You know, so you are trying to capitalize those smaller moves depending on your time frame. Now, this business is definitely not easy because it has taken me to become a successful <laughs> trader more than six years. I'm being uh, honest. That's it. Just six years. <laughs> just six years. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm about to tell you what has happened in those six years. Oh, yeah. yeah. The most so, so you part, need yeah. to endure those six years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and I know traders, it's take, on an average, take six to eight years. Hmm. A is you need to understand what it's all about. Okay. Uh, what you need to know. What is the strategy that needs to be deployed? Okay. Now, is there a holy grail or not? And the most important is the money management. Hmm. So... How does this happen? Uh, you need to do a lot of reading. You need to know history about trading. You need to know who are the top traders of the world. Now, one may ask question, I mean, how does it help me? Why do I need to know? But you definitely need to know because you have to know the route map that they have gone through. Because you eventually going forward, if you stay in this business, will have to go through the same route map. Mm. Now, we've had traders like Richard Dennis, who was a classic case. I'm sure most of the guys must have known. He was a commodity trader who started 
with $1,200 and he's turned it into $500 million in span of less than 10 years. And mind you, Anupam, in fact, at one point of time, George Soros wanted to partner. He's one of the most opportunistic guy, Mr. Soros. It is a good thing, actually. You know, being a trader, you should be opportunistic. So he wanted to partner with uh, Richard Dennis. And what was Richard Dennis' strategy? He uh. executed a very simple strategy, which was whenever the price mm. goes above a 20-day high, mm. I'm sure... You can understand what yeah, the 20-day yeah, yeah, high course, is. Yeah, yeah, you of take course, prices yeah, yeah. of 20-day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the highest point of 20 days. Yeah, huh. That's fine. So what about the highest point of 20 days? Huh. Once it crosses, you buy. That's simple. Huh? Hear me out. Huh? Okay. 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 That is the formula for going long. Okay. Okay. And the reverse for short. Whenever it crosses 20-day low, you go short. The stop loss is the low of 10-day in case of long. Okay. And the reverse in case of short. Okay. He went on to become the greatest trader, much better than Paul Tudor Jones. Wow. Okay. So, it's actually that simple. It sounds simple. It sounds simple. But it's got okay. a lot of discipline in it. A lot but, of conviction. But the problem will be, if huh. Mr. Anupam Gupta tries that same stuff tomorrow, huh. and he has seven losing trades in a row, <laughs> the first statement will be, Kirit Mandal doesn't know anything. He just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've done this actually, folks. Uh, three, four years ago, I thought I was so smart that I'll trade the Infosys quarterly result. Hey, kya Infosys result ka? Pata hai, it's going to be negative surprise. So you, you, you know, you just buy uh, a lot of puts on puts. that day, or you hear the market and you say ki acha result aane wala hai. So you either go long on the future, you buy some futures, or you buy a call option, and then the gap down may pura nikal jata hai aadmi ka. Yaar. You know, you know. Okay, anyway, that's getting a little bit too technical. Yeah. So that takes care of the hard work that's required. A lot of reading. Okay. You need to do a lot of reading. Hmm. You need to come up with a strategy. Hmm. Okay. Now, when I say strategy in trading, you have different types of trader. One is the intraday trader who starts at 9.15. Whatever positions are there are closed by before 3.15 or by 3.15, whatever it may be. He will never ever carry any positions overnight. The second category of trader is... A slightly a BTST, which is buy today, sell tomorrow, or a positional kind. Somebody who would hold on, let's say, for two days, five days, you know, if the trade goes in his favor. And the third category is where I come in, we are mm. long-term trend followers. Okay. Okay. So, once I'm in a trade, the stop loss is decided, yeah, and we let the trade run. So, you have to identify just because I'm going to share some formulas with you mm. that, you know, this is what works with actual backtesting mm. and you go and try. Mm. Yeah. But you have to identify what suits your personality. That's very important. It's the most important point. That's, that's where majority of the traders go wrong. But that's psychology. That's psychology. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody is showing off his PNL statement every day and you try to tell code <laughs> the same thing, you will lose. Take it from me. Uh, so you have to identify what works best for you, whether you are good as an intraday trader, a positional trader or a long-term trend follower. Okay. You need to devise strategies for which you need to do backtesting. Now, what has worked in the past, there is no guarantee is going to work in the future. Hmm. Okay. Because markets are random in nature. And it's all about probability. So there is a high possibility that this thing may work going forward in the future. Sure. Yeah. And the most important, the holy grail of trading is you have to know how much you have to bet on each trade. 
which is all about risk management. That's where maximum number of people lose money. Yeah, we'll get into that, that into the second part. You know, I it reminds me of August 2013, right? When the entire taper tantrum was happening. Yes. And I was very confident that the market is going to fall. And guess what? It actually fell. So I shorted. Okay. I shorted the market. And that day I made a spectacular 30,000 rupees. And I was like, <laughs> boss, that's it. I've cracked it. Matlab, man, say in the, the this world. is a new guy in town. And next day when the market fell again, I said, Abhi, dekho, boss, ye to turn around hoega, mm-hmm. because every time intraday recovery aata hai, lunch ke time pe. Yes. And I went long. I lost money. I lost more than 30,000. And that's it. That was the end. Okay. So, hey, anyway, folks, so the, you know, your takeaways out here is that trading is fundamentally different from investing. The instruments are different. We spoke about futures. We spoke about calls. We spoke about options. What you need is also fundamentally different. You need a broking account. Now, you might want to just listen to my podcast episode with Nitin Kamath of Zeroda back in April 2018, where we spoke about this entire thing. Nitin, in fact, is the head of Zeroda, which is among the uh, uh, which is a discount brokerage, and uh, you can have the the you know there's an entire uh, three episodes out there of how to do that, um, margin requirements, opening a broker account, how to choose a good broker, stuff like that, and then of course you need to have a definite strategy. Okay, before that, two things. One, you need to read up and know what exactly you are getting into. Okay. So please, please, please read up on all concepts of derivatives, all concepts of margins, all concepts of expiries and all of this stuff. And this is very easily available on the internet, on YouTube and a lot of other places. If you don't know, reach out to me, reach out to Kirith on Twitter and we'll be more than happy to help you. And finally, you need to have a strategy. And that's what's coming up in part two of our FNO trading special with Kirit Manal. So stay tuned for that. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.